This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Hey everybody, it's Alex Youngblood here with the realestateinvestingmastery.com podcast and... Hey, Joe McCall is here too, I think. Joe McCall is here too, that's right. We're here to deliver you the best, the greatest inf free information out there on real estate wholesaling, how to make fast cash in this economy, and uh, pretty much how to make your own way. Um, we've got a great bonus for you guys to check out at realestateinvestingmastery.com. This is our fast cash survival kit. We talk about everything in there and how you can um, pretty much take this economy, turn it on its head, and uh, make money on demand. All you have to know is basically how to create value. It's all about creating value by finding uh, in my business, I'm a wholesaler, so what I do is I find an undervalued property, find a motivated seller, um, lock up that property at a certain price, and then I find a buyer, a motivated buyer, who's interested in that property, and uh, I put them together and I assign it, <clears throat> make five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, and all I have to do that is what, once, twice, three times a month, and I can make myself uh, a living. Yeah. A nice living. <laughs> <laughs> and you do this in several different markets, don't you, Alex? Yes, I do this in sev several different markets. And the Fast Cash Survival Kit will explain exactly what you need to do in order to make this work um, in, in the wholesaling arena as well as wholesaling lease options like mm -hmm. Joe does, um, where basically you're creating value by um, offering a uh, seller an option that they didn't even know they had. And uh, helping them move that property and getting paid for it, no big, and and everybody's happy, cash is made, and and it's all good, right, Joe? Well, definitely, and and we're big on marketing. I mean, if it wasn't for marketing, if Alex wasn't an expert in marketing, if I didn't know a little two things about it, uh, we wouldn't be where we are. And so we have a bonus section in that uh, fast cash survival kit on how exactly we do our marketing, what we send out, how often we send it. Um, Direct mail marketing we talk about, postcards, yellow letters. We also talk about Craigslist marketing, which is my favorite because it's free. And uh, we talk a lot about that and how to outsource almost your entire business. Um, so it's, it's it's a lot of free stuff. Can't That's believe. huge. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, I, I was talking to my wife the other day and um, she was like, wow, if, if you didn't have your assistant taking all those calls for you, you'd be going nuts at this point. <laughs> Not much less not even be able to work in three different markets. I, mean, I remember I used to be on the phone um, hours and hours and hours and hours. I got a, um, a note from one of my students um, who didn't want to get a virtual assistant just yet, but he was like, man, I sent out um, 1,900 postcards. I got over 280 calls, and wow. I was on the phone for five hours straight one day. I was like, yep, time to get you a virtual assistant. <laughs> Well, that's great. And you can actually have virtual assistants that will talk to sellers for you. And um, That's right. What we talked about in those bonus uh, interviews that we did and the videos, uh, how Alex actually has his VA return all the calls, um, ask him some basic questions, and then actually will ask the seller, you know, how much do you want for your house? How much do you need for it? Is that the lowest you'll accept? You know, what if he can get you cash in seven days? And they'll give him an answer. But if they don't give him an answer, his VA actually says, well, you know, look in here. Well, he actually says, I'll call you right back, right? So then he calls him back. He looks at some numbers. But all the VA is doing is looking at the tax assessed value, knocking a certain percentage off, and knocking another certain number for repairs and saying, hey, well, what would you, would you accept or entertain anything in this range? That's called a soft pass offer. And That's based right. on the response from the seller, uh, Alex then knows whether to pursue that deal any further. Um, which is awesome. Now, now there's a word of, word of warning there because I noticed one of my students out in LA actually, um, <laughs> their tax assessed values out there for some reason <laughs> are so low, and the property is worth you know fixed up like um, close to three hundred thousand, and for some reason it's only assessed for thirty thousand. So 
you're not going to get big, you know, big offers accepted out there if you use the formula on that. Well, yeah, so, but you could also you could just use the Zillow value. Yeah, you actually what you do is you go to Zillow.com, RealQuest.com, and Epraisal.com and take all three of those, average them out, and then run the numbers from there. All right, you're just making a soft pass offer, and you're finding you're doing this to test the motivation of the seller. That's which it, which is really key. And if you're doing it's a bunch of postcards like Alex does. Uh, you know, you need somebody to filter all those leads for you. I mean, you're getting what three, four hundred calls a month, Alex? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We just sent out twelve hundred postcards the other day, a week ago, and a half ago, week and a half ago, to absentee owners that have bought their house over fifteen years ago, and um, we are at about forty, forty-five calls right now, um, and we. Uh, I got about six leads right now that we're working on making offers that are free and clear. No mortgages on these homes. And so we're making them three offers, and all cash, and uh, we're making them two owner financing offers. One of them is zero money down, uh, 0% interest, principal-only payments, amortized over 30 years with a balloon in 10. And uh, these are incredible deals. I mean, you're looking at paying down uh, $10,000 in equity in principle every year and that these are cash flowing three to four hundred dollars a month after vacancies repairs after insurance and taxes after property management fees and so a lot of these sellers are saying I love it um, we'll do owner financing I've really been surprised so we're working on putting together about three deals right now nice from that postcard campaign um, so I'm still doing Craigslist stuff but um, uh, it, but anyway, I wanted to read real quick a few reviews. We sure appreciate all you guys leaving us reviews in iTunes. I mean, we just wanted to remind you that uh, uh, the more reviews you leave, the better. We uh, we appreciate that. One of them here is from uh, Mr. Cash Buys Houses. Michael says, Outstanding and informative material geared for success in today's market. I really enjoy having a place to go to listen to real people who invest telling real stories. And... Um, one more here says, I know Joe and Alex personally, and they are both a real genuine. This is from Sean. Uh, Full-time investors with cutting-edge tips and tricks for new seasoned real estate investors. They are both connected to some of the most influential, high-caliber investors that will spill the beans on all their inside secrets, which most pros never talk about. Um, and he goes Spilling on the beans. Which we have, have you spilled the beans, literally, Joe? My kids have every morning. They spill beans. Yeah, well, something. They spill something all. They, they spill something all over the floor. In fact, if you were to go down to my basement, I mean my uh, kitchen right now, uh, my daughter, who's three years old, will open up the granola. It's in this plastic Maybe container. Maybe we should call it spilling the granola. Spilling, that's what she does. <laughs> it's like she can't she can't get it into the bowl, so she pours it. She tries to pour it herself on the floor. And 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 so every morning I have to get the broom and sweep up all this granola off the floor. But we should start saying Alex and Joe will spill the granola on the greatest real estate techniques out there. Where did the term beans come from? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we we have a real cool guest um, on the show with us, and uh, her name is Wendy Patton. This is the first woman we've interviewed, Alex. Is she going to spill the granola? I don't know. Wendy, are you going <laughs> to <laughs> Well, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll spill something good. How's that, guys? <laughs> awesome. Well, she, uh, Wendy um, was one of the first books that I read um, on real estate investing, and it was her Lease Option Subject 2 book. And you can still buy it in Barnes & Noble. It's a fantastic book. Um, but I devoured that book. I got really excited about Lease Options. Uh, about seven, six, seven years ago, and I'm still excited about lease options. It's one of my favorite strategies. Um, but I learned a ton from Wendy. I bought her course way long time ago. Um, talked to her a few times. She probably doesn't remember. But uh, I was trying to get started, and and uh, I was really struggling because I had all these questions, and I didn't. I felt like I had to have answers to all my questions before I took any action. And I remember very clearly Wendy. Um, being real polite, asking me, well, how many sellers have you talked to, Joe? Or how many realtors have you talked to? How many offers have you made? And uh, my answer was like, uh, none. And <laughs> so she was really getting down on me like hard in a very polite way. You do, you have, you're very good at that, Wendy. Um, and, and telling me, uh, well, Joe, you need to go out and do some marketing and talk to some realtors um, and, and then 
call me back if you have any questions because that's the first step um, getting out there and taking action but um, Wendy how are you I am excellent and you're right on that you know and I'm sorry I might not have been as polite as Joe's saying I don't know sometimes <laughs> I get frustrated with people I go you know it works just do it exactly. you know and and, they, and my students want to know every single step before they do the first one. Mm -hmm. And I always say, just let's just do the first one. Let's talk mm -hmm. after you do the first one. Right. And then I'll tell you how to do the next one. And mm -hmm. people get paralyzed, you know, and they just won't make the calls or do what they got to do. Well, I can, I can relate, but uh, in a bad way, because I was exactly like that. You know, whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it, analysis of paralysis or whatever. Yeah. But, um, it wasn't until I just said, you know, doggone it, I'm going to start taking action, bold, decisive action. I don't care if I make a mistake. Um, I'm just going to do this. And I started marketing and I started doing deals. And, and yeah, uh, and look what you've done now. I mean, gosh, you're rocking it. It's awesome. But And Wendy, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have an amazing story. And uh, I wish people could see um, the, uh, you still have those credit cards, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish. Well, <laughs> tell, talk about your story a little bit. Well, I started when I was fairly young. I started when I was 21. I, I got out of college. Got I moved from Colorado to Michigan, and and uh, when I moved to Michigan, there was no housing anywhere because my company had moved so many people in that I did not have anywhere to live except um, a hotel. We were all put in hotels for with a six month waiting list to get into any apartment anywhere. And just before I had left, my mother had given me a real estate course that she had purchased at. A real estate seminar uh -huh. and my when she came home my father said no no you can't do this real estate stuff so she was kind of frustrated but you know respectful of his you know wishes yeah. <laughs> and gave gave me the course which was a wonderful gift of course i didn't know it at the time i just thought oh thanks mom yeah thanks for this whatever this is i'm you know i was just a kid you know and and she she gave me this this course and all the way to michigan i i started listening to it and realized wow this is so cool. You mean I don't have to actually work for somebody? I can do my own thing? This hmm. is really sweet. And and so that's kind of where it started, Joe. But I didn't have any money. I didn't have any um I didn't have any savings. I didn't make a lot. I only made ten dollars an hour. And, you know, housing was there was nowhere for me to live really. So I ended up buying my first house. Uh that instead I had gone to a real estate investor group. So I always encourage people, look join your local RIA, or what I call RIA, Real Estate Investor Association, and and learn from locals and national speakers um, and other people that are like-minded. So I went into a group and they had shared with me that I could buy a house. And I thought, how could I buy a house? I don't, I don't have any money. You know, and I don't make a lot. Well, it started out with me learning how to buy using my credit cards as my down payments. And of course, Joe's talking about these credit cards I have that I go from one side of the a front of a conference room to the other. I mean, probably fifty or a hundred feet long. <laughs> Literally, and you still have these all in a, uh, yeah. like a plastic thing. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't even save them all, but I didn't start saving them until probably a couple of years after I got started. Never thinking I would need those old cards, but for whatever reason, I started throwing them in a drawer and in a little Ziploc bag. And one day, I just put them all together, but. They they do stretch pretty far, and that's you know that's how I got started. Now that's not what I encourage. That's not what I teach. That's not what I endorse. It's actually the very opposite for investing. However, that that's my background. That's how I got started, and it still worked for me. But I could have, gosh, I could have made so much more money, you guys. You know, with knowing what you guys do with wholesaling, and and knowing what I know now with different investing strategies and even private money and partnering and other kinds of things that it would have been so much better for me. Cause back then, I mean, that was in the eighties. I'm, you know, um, I started in 1985, so you can do the math and figure out how old I am, but no, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm only five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I started, um, I don't know what I was going to say about that, but anyways, I've learned a lot over the years of exactly how to not do things that way in being in debt and i know joe you you have, have that same yeah. philosophy for yeah. sure well yeah that's um that's a whole nother we could talk about an hour about that topic can't we yeah oh absolutely but, it's um, a passion of mine too debt can definitely um choke you and uh you know financially spiritually mentally physically mm -hmm. 
Okay, so you were um, you you started getting to you started buying a bunch of different houses, didn't you? At this time. Yeah, I started buying my houses and my credit cards. And that's what I was actually saying when I kind of lost my train of thought there is that those were, you know, 25% interest rates at the time, those credit cards back in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was kind of crazy. But yeah, I started buying properties and it's still, they were still cash flowing and still making money. And the cash flow still paid that huge interest rate and, and the mortgages that I, or private loans. I, I did a lot of contract for deed or land contracts in the late 80s also. And I just started buying houses one at a time and it just kind of became my passion. Eventually I started buying houses like shoes. Kind of think about that, that I, I do I do have more houses than shoes, I think. Wow. But um, <laughs> not as many as I used to. I, I should say now I have more shoes than houses, but I used to have way more houses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you used, to, um, you used to take your kids around with you. Talk about, you have some, a funny story about that. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I um I started I got married very young. Then I had twins uh, a couple of years after I got married, and unfortunately got divorced pretty quickly thereafter. So I was a single mom, and I had these little kids, and I just took them with me. And I only was able to do investing strategies that allowed me to be a mom hmm. and to bring them with me. I mean, you know, and that's why I kind of resonated toward those lease options because. The, the sellers that I go for are not the ones that are in financial trouble. They're, you know, they're motivated for sure, but they're not losing their house. They're not behind on payments. They're not in foreclosure. They're, now, I do go for those kind of sellers now too, just yeah. just so you know. But but for the strategy back then, I needed to be able to bring my, my kids with me, my son and daughter with me um, to go see houses. And it needed to be a situation that I felt they were going to be safe in and that I was safe in with little kids. And hmm. so I was just Wendy, the mom. And that's the cool thing about this business. You know, I look back and I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I brought my kids, but it never, it never hurt a deal. Right. It probably helped secure a deal because I looked like a real person, not a mm-hmm. slick investor Right. and just trying to help people. Now, did you find any challenges, Wendy, being a woman, um, in, in, I don't want to say a man's world, but yeah, sometimes it is a man's it, isn't it? You know, in real it estate is. investing, it it is. I, I'm gonna say I think it is, Joe. Okay, that's why you said like there's, you know, very few women educators in this arena. Very few women investors, um, unless they do it with their husbands or with their spouse or significant other. Very few women, yeah, are really in this business. So I. You know, I look at it as I try to. I realize that Joe and some. I think when I was younger, I used to kind of get offended. You know, like that. It's so unfair. You know, <laughs> I've been discriminated against. You know, <laughs> they won't lend to me because I'm a woman. And and now I try to figure out. Look, it's just the way it is. Hmm. Let's figure out how to leverage it the best I can. And so for me as a woman, I get a lot of perks that men don't get. You know, for instance. Um, you know, definitely with rehabbing or with hand- handling a crew. Oh my gosh, those guys will do anything for a woman. Wow, really? If I call them up at night, and like, you know, Joe, Alex, um, you know, my my furnace just went out, and you know, I really need your help, and you know, could you get there? Distress. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys gonna do? I mean, you're gonna go, okay? But if if some guy calls you and goes, hey, dude, you know, can you can you come fix my furnace? You're gonna go. Yeah, I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. But a woman, you, they have a hard time saying no to, and so, and I try to, I don't, I don't, I don't do that as like a dumb blonde or dumb, you know, right. woman type of thing. But I do kind of leverage that little bit of the whining, like, oh please, oh thank you so much, you know. Wow. And like the other day, the other day I was. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> this. So I went to the, um, I went to one of my, um, uh, one of my my houses, and I had a contractor there, and I was like. Don, I go, how are you? And, you know, so they love, you know, yeah. hearing a woman praise them too, more oh, so yeah. than, you know, if you went up and said, oh, you're just doing a lovely job, they're just going to go, what? <laughs> but when I say it, it, it means a lot. Joe to said that to me the other day. I was a little scared. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. And I mean, from a guy's perspective, so I, I said to my guy, I'm like, oh, I go, you know, you have really been just awesome for me. And I just want to thank you. And I said, you know, I've got this Shell gas card. I mean, I, 
I know you've been driving all over the place. Would you know? Would would it help you if I gave this to you? You know, could you use it? And he's like, Oh yeah, thank you. And I'm like, Oh, I just really appreciate you. So I try to really keep them in my graces too, so that when I say jump, they'll jump for me for sure over someone else. Well, you're still tough as nails too, Wendy. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be the opposite too. Yeah. Well, and, just... <laughs> and... <laughs> I've talked to Michael. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, you won't let these guys. Uh, give you um bad bids i mean no you, no no you you are still tough which yeah. i really admire about you um you can uh, you're very uh persuasive and you're very good with people but you uh, have to you, yeah. you're right joe you have to kind of be able to balance that because i can utilize the like you said the damsel in distress type of thing alex or um i can also you know be just as tough as a man I, i've had women um, guys say to me well, it's going to be such and such for this. And I'm like, really? I go, that's odd. I swear last time I only paid such and such for that. And mm -hmm. I, I said, I'm going to get a few quotes. And they're like, well, I'm a licensed builder. And I go, good. I said, <laughs> so am I. And then they go, oh, crap. You know, I'm not going to get away with that, you know, yeah. with Wendy. And so they know that I do know my stuff enough. To, and I'm no expert. I've never built a house, but... I've been around the construction business long enough that you learn things, you know, you just start learning and that's the beauty of it. I didn't know anything in the beginning, like some people may be listening, yeah. but you learn the more houses you go to, the more times that you walk through with inspections and inspectors, you, I learn things so I can spot things pretty easily. Well, Wendy, why do you think so few women are out there, um, you know, investing in real estate um, and teaching real estate? Why is that? don't know um it's frustrating to me i don't I, I don't i don't know why maybe maybe they're just not as passionate about flipping deals and that whole the you know the whole putting together a deal because that's what i love about it yeah. you know i like i like structuring a deal i like coming up with you know something creative and that works and maybe maybe that's more of a guy's traditional you know typical stereotypical guy type of thing what do you guys think? I was thinking about that too because this is episode number thirty, approximately of our wow. of our podcast, and you're the first woman. And wow. uh, it was I it dawned on me, hey, we haven't interviewed any women, and uh, I started thinking, you know what? Probably, I, I've not surveyed our list, but most of the people I've talked to are men. Besides, mm -hmm. um, so we put out the word on Alex's Facebook page, hey, we want some uh, to interview some more women. We have actually another one coming up in a couple of weeks, um, but I don't know why that is. Uh, Alex, do you th have any? Why do you think, well, Alex? I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I guess you got to. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe um, when you think houses and construction and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, the more you know, it maybe is a stereotypical type thing, you know. And I think a lot. Oh, that's a good point too, Alex. So think about like. The, the the dumpiest dumps you've ever been in. I mean, most women they're like, oh, it's disgusting, and I'm not going to go in there. It smells uh, more so than guys. I mean, not that guys like to go into those things, but it's yeah. not going to bother them as much. And I just plug my nose and just. Ugh. I mean, I don't like like I don't like basements. I'll tell you, if there's cobwebs hanging, I don't like them. <laughs> and um, I just don't. I, I'll send my inspector down. I'm like, hey, I, I'll peek my head down under the stairs. I look. I make sure, you know, I'll show my flashlight around. I go, okay, I've seen it. And then I'll just have my inspector do the details because yeah. I don't like that. Um, and that's where as a woman, probably like a guy might just go like, come on, let's go down here, you know. And who cares if the spider hits me in the head, you know. <laughs> well, w Wendy, what advice would you give to women that are listening to this podcast who want to get more involved or active in real estate? You can absolutely do it, uh, just like a man can. Um, it's it's awesome, you know. I, I love it, especially if you love the creativity side. You can always pick what you like about the business. For me, I like almost everything. Uh -huh. You know, I like I like rehabbing. I like the before and after. I love that. I I love to help people that are going to be losing their home. I like to help people that need to buy a home you know they need a second chance i i love that i just so for me it's the helping part of it and the the change and then you know there are the modifications and then i also i personally like the deal structuring so just kind of there's there's so many different niches that you could go after yeah you know it, it doesn't have to be 
and there's so many different strategies. I mean, you might like, some people like tenants, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like them because it, it pays my, yeah. my bills and, and makes good money, but I really don't like them, if you know what I mean, I like you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have all your books, Wendy, except one. Um, it's the one about, um, oh, it was, you were one of the authors or one of the women featured in it. Um, oh. What was that book called? Um, about women investors or something like that? It's called, actually, it's um, called Remarkable Women, but it's yes. not about women investors. It's, I think I'm the only investor in there. It was oh, okay. women from all different walks of life and how they've been successful in their own area, niche. Did you help write that book or were you just one of the women featured in there? Just one of the women featured. I wrote only my, my background, my, my story. Okay. Well, I've heard it's a good book. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm good. Not... Okay. Well, <laughs> I've not read be... it. <laughs> But it, um, you used to have it featured on your website. Is it still there? Yeah. No, it is not because I don't have very many anymore. And I, at the time when that came out, I got, I know, three or 4,000 copies. And pretty much I have about 10 of them left in my office. So okay. kind of kept that and thought, well, I'll just give them to my grandkids or my kids and just kind of took it off the, the book. And I, I, maybe I could order more, Joe. I don't know. Well, I'm sure people can find it on Amazon. But sure. uh, what was the book called again? Remarkable Women. Remarkable Women. If you're interested in that book, you should go to Amazon, check it out. Um, I'm sure it's really good. <laughs> um, so, Wendy, talk. I'd like to ask you some questions about how you got interested in lease options. And uh, what are you – I know you're still doing lease options today, but you're also buying some uh, houses and fixing them up and flipping them and renting them for long-term buy and hold. And uh, Can you first talk about lease options – and uh, how you got into that and or why you like it so much. Okay, um, sure. I, I love lease options because it is a really great way for an investor to buy properties without money or credit and without the risk and without signing up for a mortgage or paying using all their cash. Many investors just don't have cash. They don't have cash and then a lot of them don't have good credit. Yeah. So they need an alternative. They need different ways to be able to put together a deal. If you want to get involved in real estate, you can with lease options, with subject twos. Those are great strategies that don't require you to go out and get a mortgage and sign personally for the debt. So that's those are the main reasons I like those two strategies as, a, as an investor to purchase. I love selling on lease options also to give people the right to buy the house from you without having to get their mortgage first because many people right now have gone through short sales foreclosures bankruptcies oh gosh it's just it's crazier than ever joe you know yeah. you, you, you know and the buyers are so easy to find right now because of that situation and so many people have lost their homes well they can't get a mortgage for you know two three years they need a way to be able to purchase a property and that's a great chance for them to to be able to do so and right. it's a great way as an investor to make a lot of money can you talk a little bit about the difference between the differences of, of subject to and lease option and do you prefer one or the, over the other well yeah um sub okay first of all subject okay let's say lease option is when if those of you maybe who haven't heard some of joe's podcast on this a lease option is when you lease a property from the owner so you have a rental agreement with them you're paying a monthly fee and you have a usually a sales contract that would specify that you have and an option agreement typically or or, or they're combined where you have the right to buy that property during that lease period for a certain price or terms it's it's all outlined up front so you have the right you leasing it with the right to buy it mm -hmm. um, a subject two is when you're buying the property you're getting the ownership so another at least option you don't own it you just have the right to own it the right to buy it later right not the obligation and a subject two is when the seller gives you the title to their property so now you're on title you're the owner but they have it subject to their existing mortgage. So they have a mortgage in place. It's under their name. You've got to make the payments on it, though. You're not qualifying for it. It's not a, an assumption. It's Well, it's kind of an assumption, but it's just uh, you're just doing it. You're not getting permission, per se. Or you're, Sometimes the banks will give them, though. But typically, you're not getting that permission. You're just taking over and making the payment. So if the owner owes hundred grand. And the payments are eight hundred bucks a month. 
and I do a subject two with them. They give me the deed. Now I'm the owner. They don't have any rights to the property. Right. Even though the mortgage remains in their name and I make those $800 a month payments. If I don't make them, of course, the house would be in foreclosure and the seller might come after me for some damages. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so you, the, the uh, subject two, you own it. The lease option, you have the right to own it. Those are the big differences. And I prefer, usually, I prefer to do a lease option. Okay. Un- unless the seller, the only time I will do a subject two in today's market yeah. is if the seller has really good mortgage terms, meaning, like, like here's an example. I, I bought one last year that was a 15-year mortgage and there was there was only about seven years left on it. Wow. And so, and it cash flows the way it is. So my payments are about 860 a month. I have someone in there. I did a wrap mortgage actually. I actually sold it on a land contract for I think uh like a hundred grand and I I only assumed about a forty five thousand dollar mortgage, for example. Wow. And so I have a couple hundred dollars a month cash flow that's net each month, but I also have out of my eight sixty one, five hundred bucks a month is going towards that mortgage because there's only now five and a half, you know, six years left on this thing. Yeah. Now that's the kind of deal I like on a sub two. Okay. Now you could have still done a lease option on that, right? Yes. With the same numbers, but yes. uh, you wanted more control. Yes. the The owner on that particular one has is deceased, oh, okay. and so it her actually her we actually went through the title company and I got title insurance and which title companies can give you title insurance with everything except that mortgage being, you know, they can right. check everything and, and make that an exception to the policy. And so of course the lender knows the owner's not paying the payments because the owner's dead, yeah. you know, but I make the payments every month okay. on that mortgage. That works. I mean, everybody, so that's an example. Yeah. Right. Um, but I could have bought it from the estate on a lease option. Absolutely. Yeah. But it probably been better doing the way you did. I think. Yeah, because I don't know where the kids are going to be down the road. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find them. You know, what if then once the mortgage is paid off, they change their mind and say, oh, you know what? We'd rather not, you know, turn it over to you now that the mortgage is paid off. Right. So I don't know. You just never know. Uh, The subject two gives you much more control. But it's got to be, it's got to be a deal that you'd want to absolutely own. And that's the difference is if I want the right to own it, I'll do a lease option. If I know I need to own it for whatever reason, like the deal's really good, the terms are really good, or the seller might be or could be or is headed for financial trouble, mm-hmm. I will want them to deed it to me and get them off that title. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Wendy, you, um, you, if you don't mind me asking, um, you used to travel quite a bit and speak and um, do a lot of boot camps and conferences, and you've really... Uh, pared that down a little bit and you are focusing more on uh, investing in the Detroit market because there's such an incredible opportunity there right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Why have you decided to um, to do that and go in that direction? Yeah, well, I um, I love speaking and I love teaching. And Joe, you know, because you and I teach my boot camps together mm-hmm. um, on lease options. But I, And I love that. I love teaching and helping. But I was traveling quite a bit teaching investors all over the country and in the UK. And then um, last year, I just really looked at, you know, my market so much closer. And I thought, gosh, this is crazy. I have got to focus on my market. It is the best in the world, in my opinion, in the world. And I mean, I have traveled in almost every major city in the US. I have looked at their deals and their numbers and the return on investments. And I cannot fine for the life of me, better deals mm. than where I have in my own backyard. So I just said, well, um, I'll travel rarely. You know, for instance, I'm going to, I, if like if it's in my, my parents' hometown at Culver Springs or a good, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go speak there in a month <laughs> yeah. or two, you know, because I, I can write off the trip because I was going to go anyways. Right. So the guy said, hey, would you speak? I'm like, okay, I'm going anyway. So nice. I'll just book the week. And it happens to be spring break for my kids. So it's like, cool. Ah. But um Normally, I, I I would try not to speak now other than like podcasts like this or something I can just sit in front of my computer and do. Right, right. Because the deals. Now, talk about some of the deals you're finding in Detroit. Um, and are, are you finding much competition there? Because I've wondered that a lot. I, th- I thought about that. I mean, there's got to be 
a ton of competition for these houses. There is a lot of competition. Um, uh, you know, there there is a lot of tea, uh, or a lot of competition, but not so much that I'm not finding so many deals that honestly I I'm out of money right now. I mean, I literally. I, I, I'm now partnering with people or using private money because I, I always try to use my own cash, Joe, and I uh -huh. only have a certain amount. So whenever I can use my own cash, I want 100% of the deal. But when I run out, if there's a good deal that comes my way, I'd rather have, you know, a piece of that than nothing, right. of course. So you're partnering with people on these deals. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm partnering with some people on some deals. And, and some people I'm doing lending on where they just do the mortgage for me and I just make them a monthly payment because that's they have you know less risk or whatever and they yeah. feel better about it and that's fine for them they want to for sure set number and well they're they're well I protected they're well protected yeah. with a ton of equity so talk about some of the deals you are finding what are you looking okay. for well I do a lot of things a lot <clears> of my <throat> deals right now are shorts I love short sales right now and I love bank owned so you're buying the short sales or are you negotiating yep. the short sales? No, I don't negotiate them. Okay. No. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh, sorry. I got a little nauseous there. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of work, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, no, I don't do any of that. I, almost every real estate agent right now, well, first of all, short sales got to be pretty much listed with an agent 99% yeah. of the time. And since I am an agent anyways, I'll just buy it right from the agent and almost all agents now have a negotiation company or team that or in-house negotiator that huh. they use so the it just starts the motion in or it just starts it you know in place as soon as i make my offer boom it, it just they start going for it yeah. and you're finding these on the mls right yes okay and i do searches because a lot of no that's where i have less competition on short sales because wow. many investors don't want to wait um homeowners don't want to wait or know if it's even gonna not happen. Because a lot of times, like for instance, I just got, right when I walked in this morning, I had a, you know, an email from one of the ones I had been working on, or it's been in place for a few months, that said the bank came back at like 20 grand more than I offered. Well, I'm not gonna buy it. And so they had to list it back on the MLS for 20 grand more. That's okay, no big deal, I'm mm -hmm. like next, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've got like 10 or 15 of them sitting in my inbox that have already been signed. Wow, but you can, I, you're I you're going to make another offer probably in that same house in a month. Uh, if it doesn't go, I I'm, I don't know. They they said their bottom line is like twenty grand more than what I had it locked up for with okay. the seller. Of course, just because the seller accepts doesn't mean the bank will. Right. But a lot of times I'm finding, and, and I had another one recently where I this I signed it on. Literally, I just closed on this. Uh, was it um, two days ago? Okay. Um, I signed on it on a Friday with the seller and through a realtor. And my inspection was the next Thursday morning at about 11 a.m. my time. Thursday morning, the day of my inspection at 9 a.m., I got an email from the real estate agent saying, I've already got the offer from the bank. And it was five grand more than what I had with the seller, which I, I, you could still go back and negotiate. So now you have no competition. So now I went back and said, Hey, wow. you know, instead of 45 grand, we you take, you know, they, I, I offered 40, they came back with 45. Um, the house is worth about 110, 115 done. Okay. It's going to take about 25 in it. And so I went back and tried to get it for 42, knowing that there's no one else offering on it right now. Cause it's yeah. contingent, you know, it's, it's pending. And that, that particular example, the, the bank did not they said nope our bottom line's 45 well of course i said yes because it's about 30 or 40 grand probably right. 35 grand a profit minimum on that deal so i said okay you know so, so that's a typical deal for you um what if you could talk about the numbers like what median price range are you going after and what kind of neighborhoods are these in because i know there's there's neighborhoods in, De in detroit i've heard in the news where you can't even sell a house for a hundred dollars yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because I don't, I personally do not buy in the city of Detroit. So when we talk about Detroit, I'm talking about, it's even, I'm, I'm buying in a different county even. Okay, okay. I'm buying about 40 minutes north of Detroit, right in my own backyard, in the suburbs, wow. nice suburb areas. And the deal I just shared with you is definitely a flip. It's not a rental. I mean, I could rent it. I probably would rent for about fifteen hundred bucks a month, but I'm not going to hold that in my portfolio because it's seventy grand of cash yeah, that I'll have okay. tied up in that deal, and that's going to be that's a fix and flip. 
And so and then, people are still buying homes in yes. Detroit because that's that, Metro Detroit. Yes, that's uh, that's awesome to hear because yeah. all you hear about in the news are the negative things, you know. And 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 Detroit is the worst housing market in the country, and nobody is Ugh. making any money there. And and here you are, and, that, and I know there's a bunch of other investors yeah. that are just making a killing right now in Detroit. Yeah, it's um, I I have a lot of friends that are just slam dunking it too i mean wow. literally like i okay that, now that's kind of my flip type of house that's in a, like a medium price neighborhood that okay. probably used to be like 180 grand okay okay for the house somewhere in there and and i bought that on a short sale but i buy a lot of bank on stuff and then i recently i i bought this little house for 15 grand this one house okay it was 15 grand now this house will rent for 895 a month 950 maybe but it needs some work, okay? It needs a little uh -huh. bit of work, but it's in a great rental neighborhood, not a flip neighborhood. Again, it's a different thing. It's, okay, this is a rental area, and then the other is like a flip area. You know, we're, we're home buyers want to live versus primarily rent. And so it's a great, great historic type area that I like to buy in. And it was like 15 grand. Well, I was talking to the agent, and she kept saying, well, when the seller signs, she, well, she's going to sign tonight. And I'm like, who's she? I'm thinking it was bank-owned. I thought it was a foreclosure. Huh. I don't know why I thought that. And I said, so I always question things. I go, like, well, who's she? Oh, the lady that runs the charity. And I go, oh, this is owned by a charity. And then, of course, I pull it up. It, it didn't show that because it hadn't registered in the Register of Deeds yet. And I said, oh. I said, does she have any more? Mm. and she Great. gave me a list write that question down everybody what write, else do you have yeah. yeah or do you know anybody else who's wanting to sell the house yep and she actually she asked me she goes are you a nonprofit?" and i was like no and she goes well if you were i've got a whole bunch of houses i could give you for a dollar each oh, and i was like what i said maybe i'll get one yeah I'll, let I'll me figure that out <laughs> <laughs> i'll be able to come up with that wow um, but but anyways um I went back to her. I had my inspection and it came up with some things, Joe, that, and I don't, I normally can pretty much tell what's wrong with the house, at least for the most part. Well, when my inspector came back, he's like, Wendy, there's, you know, there's some things that you might not have been able to see. And here's what I found. And so I went back to the agent and I said, look, I gave her a whole list. I said, you know, by the way, it wasn't winterized and the pipes have cracked, mm -hmm. the pipes have frozen, and the and the electricity and the heat is not on. So your pipes have been frozen and broken. All the electric lines have been cut completely. Um, there were some things that I did not see. Because remember, I, I don't like going down those basements, remember? So sometimes yeah. I flash my light. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyways, I went back to her and I said, would you, would, would this, you know, I would still buy it, but it would have to be five grand. And she came back and said, okay. Wow. As long as you pay my $500 commission. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Twist my arm. And then I said, so tell me about those other ones that she's got. So now they're a little bit further away from me, but they were asked, they were asking about 20 grand for each of those 15, 20 grand. Wow. And, um, and what kind of neighborhoods, see, what kind of neighborhoods are these in? These are nice rental neighborhoods. Okay. And so I went to see these other, these other two and they need a little bit, a couple thousand each, but it, but they will rent, and Joe, I already, I just put some test ads on a Craigslist because that's what I do. I go, oh, yeah. let me just see if the demand's there because it's a little bit further away from me. I don't normally buy far away. I try to pretty much buy within 20-minute radius of my home. But, you know, for five grand and for about two two to three grand that it needs in it, like literally paint. Basically, wow. it just pretty much needs paint. It might need a furnace, which is about 1000 1200 bucks for me. So I said, well, um, would you take five grand in each of those? And she's like, yeah, if you pay my commission. Wow. So I'm getting this package deal for 15 grand. But anyways, they rent for $700 a Holy month. Holy smokes. So now when you got like seven grand, eight grand in a property. Wow. And they rent for 700, you know, you can do the math there. That return on investment's pretty darn good. Holy and cow. I'll take that all day long. Now, I don't always find them that good, but usually um, mine will pay off within um, two years. What? Two years, so. That's amazing. If I, put, if I put twenty grand total into it, the rent is usually around nine hundred a month. Now you could always you could wholesale these deals if you wanted to, couldn't yeah. you, Wendy? Yeah, I could. Alex, I could do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like Alex says, um, I could wholesale those deals, and I've thought about it, but you know, I might only get maybe five grand each from, and I know, yeah, that's doubling my money, but 
I'm, I'm just like, gosh, it's only seven months more of rent too. And yeah. I could get the five grand and keep getting the five grand. So I'm, what I'm really thinking I'm going to do with those, um, Joe, is I think I'm going to sell them on seller financing. So, because they're far away, I don't yeah. really want to be a landlord. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm going to do is offer them for like twenty nine nine. Yeah. With as is, so I, I'm only going to put five grand in them. Let the buyers do the work, and then put about two grand down and pay five hundred a month. Yeah. Instead of seven hundred. And they're and they're responsible for everything, aren't they? Yep. Maintenance, yeah. repairs. Um, Taxes, insurance uh-huh. would be paid out of the five hundred. I'll usually, but because you know you'll be the escrow holding yep. that money, right? And you yes. you're paying it. Yes, I think that's a great strategy for those types of homes. Um, and you're going to get somebody more interested in owning a house because they can say to their family and friends, "Hey, I own this house." Right. right? And even you know, and for two grand, three grand down, I mean, you're you're only out of pocket about three thirty five hundred. Yeah. You got to pay the agent's commission. Yeah. Uh, even the title company, this is so cool. The way that they're doing it is the title company said, we'll do the title insurance for all three of them in one package deal. Nice. If you take ownership under the same name, we'll just put one deed together that encompasses all three legals, which is really weird. But I'm like, okay. So it's like 800 bucks total for three properties that I'm going to pay for all of the title work and transfer fees and all of that we have here in Michigan. Nice. So you're finding these deals on the MLS. What what are some of your search criteria that you're looking for, Wendy? Well, I try to find so sometimes Joe, I have different areas I pick, okay? So I pick certain areas. I also will do searches on things like short sales. Um I will I do I, I look every day. Every day on my MLS I look. So I have these coming to me every day. Uh-huh. I know exactly what neighborhoods I buy in and when there's a new property, I'm on it. Nice. And um, I, I go every Tuesday afternoon. Uh, my friend, a girlfriend of mine, and I go. We've been partners since the in the nineties on some of my properties. Now I don't partner with her on everything, but some of them we partner on, and some I do myself, and some she does. Mm-hmm. But we go look at you know eight to fifteen homes usually every Tuesday afternoon. Wow. And then we, I make offers on Wednesdays usually. So it just kind of depends on what we see now and that depends on if it's a deal that's got to be seen right away meaning uh see fannie mae right now you've got to have a 15-day uh owner only first look program okay on fannie mae but freddie mac and hud there's some differences depending on the properties and so we we know that doesn't matter if we go next tuesday the tuesday after we we got to wait anyways to make our offer if it's fannie mae Uh uh-huh and if it's something different than that, and they will take investor offers the first day, then one of us will slip out, or usually me, and I'll go out and look at it. Okay. So you're uh, for, I'm sorry, my mic's muting here. You're mainly looking for a um, good three-bedroom uh, yep. houses in blue-collar neighborhoods, right? Yeah, typically for my rental properties, I am. Okay. Now, for my flips, I... You know, I'm going to go a little bit higher end, which I, I know some of you listening here in California are going high end. Yeah. It's like 100 yeah. grand. Please, I was going to ask you. To, I was going to ask <laughs> but, you to clarify that. What is what is higher end for you? Well, in our in our market, no, really higher end would a nicer home. A lot of my friends who do rehabs, they'll do two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar flips. I do not deal in that market right now because it takes so much cash in one deal but they make more on per deal um would i maybe if i found the right one i just i kind of have my little thing that i go after and it works well and so i haven't veered too much off on that but if the deal came along i heck heck i wouldn't have normally bought that area that's 45 minutes from me with five grand it's kind of out of my i would have never even searched for that had i not found the other one that we did make an offer on okay Good. So you, you you find deals, you know, once you find a deal, just start, you know, building your network and all of a sudden it's just, it goes crazy. Like for instance, I had um, the one I just closed in a couple of days ago that was a short sale. The I, At the closing, I talked to the agent and he's like, hey, I go, do you have any more deals like this? And he said, oh, I've got a lot of short sales coming up. And I said, well, you know, why don't you tell me about them before they come up? Because you know, I'm a buyer who's going to close and I'm going to close with cash. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any contingencies other than my inspection, which I'll do immediately and can get it done. And I said, I'm a golden buyer for you. And he's like, yes, I would love that, Wendy. So, 
you know, you start just building those relationships. The next thing you know, you got more deals coming at you than really. I have, if you saw my desk right now, you know, you could run a podcast versus a video <laughs> thing, but I have a little tray. I have trays sitting on my desk where it says like what I'm waiting on, my offers that I'm waiting on back from the agents, the ones that are pending. I'm looking back at them right now. Wow. Uh, the potential deals, the dead deals, and then stuff that I got to follow up on my deals. I've got kind of this stack of trays and I've got probably like 10 or 15 that are pending, meaning that the seller is either accepted on a short sell or the bank has. Nice. Those are deals that are coming through for sure. Nice. But it didn't start that way. You know, you start one at a time and well, yeah, and you could start wholesaling those deals if you, yes. if you didn't have the cash or didn't have the private lenders. or um, and, and you start building the reputation as being known as somebody who can find good deals, um, then you can start partnering with people. Yeah, and you know, Joe, I, I normally I don't wholesale, but I have lately wholesaled a couple of things. For instance, I had a couple that were going to come at the same week, and I didn't have time, and my crew couldn't get them done anyways, and my cash was tight. So I knew I could partner with someone if I wanted, or I could just take a couple grand on each one, plus my commission, because I'm an agent, uh-huh. and flip them to somebody. And that's what I did. And they were thrilled. They wrote me a check for a couple grand, plus I got my commission, which was 1000 to 1500 on these smaller deals. Nice. And, you know, it's, you know, it's not a huge wholesale fee, but heck, I'll take three grand for, you know, an hour's worth of work. Yeah. Any day, you know what I mean? Well, and, and we should mention this too to people. You are a licensed realtor. They haven't figured that out yet, but um, yeah. you really recommend that to investors, don't you, to go ahead and get your license. Why is that? I do. I do because, um, well, for a couple of reasons. One is I can go out, I could see any property I want when I want with the uh-huh. lockbox. Uh-huh. I can make my own offers. I make an extra 1000 to $1,500 on the little deals. Yeah, Uh, because that's kind of the minimum for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. You know, pretty much a thousand bucks per side. And I just got I got fifteen thousand, fifteen hundred a couple days ago for a deal that I bought. That was how much was that one? Let me think. It was a fifteen thousand dollar deal, and I got fifteen hundred. The other agent got fifteen hundred. That's ten (laughs) percent. Yeah, it was ten percent commission. It was weird, but they do like a minimum pretty much now. Even though my market's lower priced, that's why. Well, you could, you could also bid on HUDs, can't you, and make your commission yep. zero, yep. which helps you get lower or helps you submit uh, a higher bid than your competition, right? Sure you can. Or, you know, you just take your commission either way. And now a lot of these, um, a lot of agents or a lot of investors think, well, geez, if I let the other agent double dip, I'm going to get better deals. And that's true a little bit right now, although it's really going to be changing here in the near future. And it's already starting to where... Mm. A lot of the Fannie Mae um, properties are starting to be put into online systems where it is going to be computer generated, just like HUD bids. You know, the agents don't even know what bids are put in. They don't know how many are in there. Yeah. And they don't know who the highest one is. Only the computer on the other side knows that or someone looking at that. So there's not as much reason to let that agent double dip. Why not take your commission? And hmm. I just did a panel of REO agents i run the i started the michigan real estate investors group here in my area uh, last year and i had a group of reo agents on this couple like a week ago and that's what they were sharing with us that that's the way of the future it's going to be changing and i'm so happy for that because yeah. of the unethic i mean i have a guy locally who he's getting some of the best deals joe and he doesn't give them to you no and he would if i let him double dip but he is so unethical that yeah. i just refuse yeah, you know? <laughs> I've heard so many stories of people like that, even I, here I in just, St. Louis. I just can't work with someone who's not even fair. And I mean, he literally told me, "If you don't let me double dip, you're not going to get my deals." And, uh, you know, when you when you do let me double dip, if we have highest and best, which they always do on a good deal, I'll tell you exactly what the highest is, so you know what you got to bid. Wow. I mean, that is so illegal. But for whatever reason, he's still practicing. Well, that'll be good if these government-owned foreclosures would go online like HUD does. I'd love um, it. Yeah, that would be nice. Very good. Yeah. Well, Wendy, um, you've been a great uh, interviewee. Alex had to run. He had a motivated seller lead he had to uh, take care of. Um, so I apologize for that. But um, people, if they want to get in touch with you, Wendy, um, and even if they would – I mean, I'm sure you'd entertain um, – 
private investors who would like to partner with you on some of these deals? I mean, these numbers that you're talking about are just amazing. Um, what's some of the what's a good way for people to get a hold of you and go to your website? Is it just wendypatton.com? Yes, they can go to wendypatton.com and I actually have a a free ebook on there too, Joe, that talks about how to find motivated sellers good. and some strategies and it's got seven video seven days of video training with it too. So Great. Feel free to go there and then my email's wendy at wendypatton.com if you do want to do some type of if you've got the cash now. Uh-huh. Not if you've got the deal, because I've got enough deals here in my own backyard. <laughs> oh, unless your deal's here in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. And you want to wholesale it to me, no problem. Oh, I, Guys, let me tell you, too. I've known Wendy for personally as a friend now for about three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, highest integrity. Uh, very uh, Takes this business very, very seriously. And um, good friends with her and her husband. <clears throat> excuse me, Michael. And um, so if you're looking, if you have some private money and you're wanting to invest in real estate and partner with somebody on some good deals that will give you a fantastic return that's safe and protected, um, I I really do highly recommend Wendy. Um, And send her an email if you have the cash, not if you have the deal, unless it's in Detroit. But uh, again, Wendy at wendypatton.com. Patton is P-A-T-T-O-N, right? Yes, it is. Wendy Patton. And uh, her free ebook is really awesome, too. It's it's about lease options. Is that correct? Or how to find motivated sellers? Yeah, pretty much um, about lease options, although really finding motivated sellers is the same for any type of strategy. But okay. it's more focused on the video training is about how to find them for lease options if you don't have money or credit. And it comes with my script, Joe, I talk about. And I actually do live calls on my video training to show you how I make the calls. And you get a copy of the script and everything, too. Awesome. And we're doing a boot camp together. Uh, March 16th through the 18th in in Detroit, March 16th through the 18th in Detroit. And um, those events are a lot of fun. Uh, We really roll up our sleeves and uh, start doing deals. I mean, we actually get on the phone, call sellers live right there at the event. Um, And students, it's so amazing. Every, Every time we do it, Wendy, I see these students who have always had a fear of taking the first step or talking to a seller. And, uh, you know, at the at the end of the event, they're in tears because they have an appointment with a seller when they get home because yeah. we make them go out there and just start making calls, you know, and that's, yep. it's so much fun. But um, it's going to be about uh, sandwich, sandwich lease options and cooperative lease options, um, and they can get more information about that event uh, at your website also, right? Right. Yes. And we do them a couple times a year. So if you've, you're listening to this podcast after that time period, yeah. no problem. Just check my website and you'll see when Joe and I have one coming up or if it's near you. Sometimes they're not in, in Michigan. Sometimes they're in other states, but, yeah. you know. Definitely. Well, thank you, Wendy. You've been very kind. Anything else you want to say before we uh, leave here? No, but thanks for having me. I hope I didn't uh, talk too crazy. I mean, I, just, no. I could go on for hours, Joe. You know that. <laughs> we could have we could have a part two. I got to take my son yeah. to uh, to a, a class. Take your uh, son, and if if people like it, they'll give you feedback, and we can always do a part two and dig into any other area that you'd like to. Also, well, I think I'll take you up on that, Wendy. We definitely okay. need more women in our podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a chauvinist, but I was looking at my list of episodes of people we've interviewed and they've all been guys. I'm like, Oh, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you called me. That's yeah. awesome. And I, I appreciate the opportunity, Joe. I really do. And, and I uh, didn't get to say goodbye to Alex, but for both of you guys, that's awesome. And, and, um, appreciate you sharing that information and, and I, and I'm looking forward to working with you soon and right. talking to you soon too, Joe. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy. We'll talk soon. Everybody go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Uh, you will be able to get a transcript of this interview there and, uh, you can uh, download these episodes. If you haven't already go to iTunes and subscribe to our iTunes feed there. You can also find us on Stitcher and some other iPhone apps. By the way, my favorite iPhone app right now is called iCatcher. iCatcher. And uh, with that app, you can uh, find podcasts, you can subscribe to them, it automatically downloads them, or you can stream them. And it even uh, remembers where you were when you paused it. So if you want to listen to it from another device, like your iPad or your computer, it will remember it'll remember where you left off. Um, so iCatcher is a good app, and there's also Stitcher. I think Stitcher, now you can listen to podcasts from your car. A lot of uh, these new cars have apps that you can... Um, listen to podcasts so check us out leave us a review um at real estate or at, in itunes but uh, check out our free fast cash survival kit at real estate investing mastery i promise you you'll love it 
Um, so again, thanks everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.